Will you please stand if you're able? The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 19th chapter can be found on page 1684. Glory to you, O Lord. Pause. <laughs> John 19, 17 through 30. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that Scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this, dis this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, and they soaked a sponge in it, and they put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This coming Sunday will be Easter, and there is no grief or mourning in the lessons of Easter. 
This Sunday is about our redemption. The focus has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Jesus. But even when it is about Jesus, it really is about us as well. All that Jesus has done, he has done for us. We are accustomed to hearing about the cross and the soldiers and the beatings and such. And in our psalm reading this evening, here we have depicted for us the confrontation of our Lord with his adversary, the devil. Jesus is not simply bearing the pains of crucifixion, and and it's hard for me to say simply, because although one would hardly describe the agonies of the cross with the word simply, Jesus is also, in addition to the nails and the beating, he is bearing the wrath of God. And that is described and depicted to us in the cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he is dealing with the constant assault of the devil. We do not hear about the devil directly in scriptural accounts of the crucifixion. But we know he is there. We can see him in the wicked and evil conduct of the men who surround Jesus. They delight in mocking an innocent man. They take perverse pleasure in beating the helpless. The truth is, there is no crime of which Jesus is guilty. And they don't care. He is going to be crucified. And that is all that they need to know. They are perfectly at ease torturing a man who is going to die shortly anyhow. The devil was surely delighting in being able to strike at God so directly. Commentators tell us that the lion is a reference to the devil, of course. And I believe that they are correct. Jesus has to contend not just with the awful physical realities of the crucifixion. We can be sure that the devil was there And that the devil was clearly seen by Jesus as the devil taunted Jesus, as he heaped his own own derision on Jesus. And surely he tried to entice Jesus to use his power and to exercise divine authority to ease his pain or to end the torments of the cross altogether. We can imagine that if the devil came to Jesus after Jesus had fasted for 40 days 
in which the devil tried to entice him to use his power to feed himself, he was surely there on Calvary to tempt Jesus with the easy way out, with a quick end to torments, or to cast the whole project aside in order to avoid the enormous suffering that was yet to come. He may even have tempted Jesus to strike out at those who caused him such enormous pain. However, we hear the call for deliverance from Christ, and we understand why he cries out to the Father as the men, the human beings directed by Satan as they inflicted such demon-driven torment on Jesus throughout the Passion. The men, they were unreasoning, and they were too powerful to be resisted or overcome. That is, unless Jesus had given in to the temptations to exercise his divine powers to set himself free, which, thankfully, he did not do. The call of our Lord is for God to sustain him and finally to rescue him from the agonies of the cross. The battle that Jesus fought on the cross and in the Passion was only partially visible to the naked eye. We need only go to the psalm of the crucifixion to understand that Jesus bore more than just the pains of the nails through his hands and his feet. As awful as that must have been, the physical and emotional total experience of the passion, in that he endured being separated from God, which is the fundamental torment of hell. Hell is being separated from God forever. He bore our sins, and because of them, he who is God was forsaken by God. It must have been a tearing of his psyche, an emotional burden, a spiritual agony that was laid on top of all the physical torment that the typical passion narratives describe for us. Additionally, he bore the shame. He bore the guilt, and he bore the wrath of God. And he bore it all without the Father or the Spirit with him to give him strength and encouragement. And yet, through that, he was still God the Son. Our minds, we cannot reckon it. 
Now, add into all of this the tempting and the mocking by the devil. Surely there were the threats that this agony was going to go on forever. These were thrown at Jesus while he was suffering his estrangement from God. He was offered every terror that we might be able to imagine. We know from the accounts in the Gospels that Jesus felt them beginning in Gethsemane. And yet he did not give in to those terrors. He held on to his confidence in God. He was resolute in the face of his suffering and abandonment. He kept his faith and he kept his focus on why he was where he was and who and what he was suffering for. We can see evidence of that in his concern for others, like his mother and the thief on the cross who was next to him, the thief who prayed that Jesus would remember him when he came into the kingdom. And in his care, that every word of Scripture prophesied up until then, until this great work was fulfilled. We are reminded from the psalm that Jesus never lost his faith. And even though he suffered such torments according to the detailed plan of God, and even though he endured that abandonment, which the first verse of the Psalm 22 describes, he continued to call on God. He continued to pray for strength. He continued to look to God for deliverance. He continued as a man to fight the battle of faith and endured. He endured because he believed. Yes, he was also God. And he had that strength. Strength that you and I do not possess by nature. But we have the same tool that Jesus depended on. That tool is faith. And we can endure by grace through faith because we have the word of God holding out the promise to us. And of course, it's not easy. However, when you look at the passion, when you hear the passion of our Lord, it was not easy or comfortable for him either. And he succeeded where mankind has failed because he is the Son of God. But he also promises to be with us always and to strengthen us and give us the ability to succeed when we rely on him. 
He will not have to face... Let me start that over. We will not have to face our torments or our portion of the cross alone. Christ is always with us. Tonight, we remember the rigors of Good Friday. Tonight, we remember the passion of our Lord from the point of view of the Son of God facing our old evil foe and crying for deliverance from the hands of mankind and the anguish of his abandonment by God. This is the passion from a point of view which only Christ could have. And he shares it with us through the words of the psalmist in Psalm 22. And I end with this. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth and deliver me from the horns of the wild oxen. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? In the name of Jesus, amen.